Hey everybody and welcome back to Murder Blows. Uh, is everyone having a good new year? I hope you are. I talked for that first bit with my hand over my face because I like to play with the tip of my nose. Um, tonight Cody's going to bring us uh, one of my favorite types of cases even though it sends me into an existential crisis. We're going into the case of Leah Roberts who went missing in March of 2000. That's right. Uh, the 2000s, where butt rock was still socially acceptable. Uh, but that's not what's important. What is important is that I'm Violet. I guess that's important. And I'm joined by... Cody. Oh my god, Maisie. <laughs> and Sasha. And oh my god, I need that intro. <laughs> totally ready and i was like shit i'm late <laughs> the two girls that were like oh we're gonna be late and we're the first <laughs> ones here winning that's always how it goes then i get there no one else is ready i'm like oh well well the miss you guys. we miss you too we miss happy you. holidays happy new year Sorry. are you still eating sweet potato fries it's okay <laughs> Good choice. Hi, cat. I heard him. Oh my god. He said, No. <laughs> Hello. Don't, don't start without me. Is it three in the morning? I was editing last week's episodes in the fucking part where Boris just has a fucking chit chat with you. Gold. gold oh gold. my god. I don't understand him. I ate my I last sweet potato fry without knowing it, and I'm very disappointed. Oh. It's fine. Man. Okay. I think I made a comment, was it last week, about how, like, Australia was on fire? Yeah. And we are like, oh, hopefully it won't be on fire. Joke's on fucking me, huh? Oof. Joke's on all of us. Good God. I heard they have, like, 12 people in custody uh, that actually set it on fire on purpose. 12? They've yeah. Ar- I think it was, like, they've arrested 12 people since November for starting fires on fucking purpose. Yeah. May they burn in hell. Yeah, truly. Shit is wild. When I was mm. a wee one, I was always like, you shouldn't really bad punish people because, you know, sometimes people get backed into corners and do dumb things. I get it. I am now almost 30, and I have not done anything illegal, like, that would hurt another person or place. For any reason. Like, fucking just capital punishment for everyone. Oof. <laughs> you only gotta do it one time before people are like, shouldn't spit out my gum. Just ask Singapore. I'm jo- This is all a joke. It's not a great one. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just confused about Singapore's beef with gum. <laughs> oh, you can't chew gum in Singapore. Really? Yeah. Why? Because people were spitting it on the ground. And so they took away gum from everyone, and now it's clean. I feel like half of my life's bad karma is because I spit my gum on the ground almost every time. Ooh. I think it's because it makes me laugh, because I make, like, the best noise and try and shoot it, like, as far across the parking lot as I can. So it's just like, you know? You need <laughs> makes... I mean, that's why I'm really going to hell, let's be honest. It's not all the actually terrible things I've done. It's because I enjoy spitting my gum out on the ground. Uh, but you'll always return the carts. So I feel like... Uh, you're damn right I will. You're damn right. That did kind of bite me in the ass. if old person's working. I hate huh? it old people. I hate it when old people are cart pushers. Yeah. Makes me sad. But maybe they're fit as fuck. I don't know. It's always cold. And they always go after oh, the one yeah. cart that some dickhead left in the back of the parking lot. Yeah. I think that's what really shook me was one day, uh, it was when the Publix opened up in the Sevierville area, and everyone was talking about how amazing it was, but everyone warned me, they were like, oh, just a heads up, they, like, 
demand to carry your groceries out and i was like oh no oh no i hate like i mean awkward conversations that you have to have while they're pushing your yeah oh oh no i don't even so that was the problem was i was like determined not to let them because (laughs) i was like no i'm an able-bodied individual like they also don't accept tips so yeah so that's another thing too so this oh poor autistic girl she's not she was just like ah oh okay i only know she was autistic because she had a badge that said she was autistic um (laughs) cliff note i was not generalizing um but yeah so and she also had like anime buttons and i was like you know you really don't have to do this like and she's like oh no we have to they get mad if we don't and i was like oh god no oh god no but that she, is like, not true i know but I, it makes me wonder if they like oh like that talk girl told you on over that girl maybe over on you maybe but then i was like please just say you found this on the ground like <laughs> please mm. take this tip like just found it it's not a big deal and she's like no i can't i just can't, can't do it one time i panicked so hard because I really didn't want someone to take out my groceries that I just grabbed all the bags and ran <laughs> like out of the cart. <sighs> I have a problem. I will say that like my mom as a stay-at-home mom with like uh my brother is like pretty disabled and like sits in a stroller. He can walk. You just don't want him to cuz he runs full out and that's not a good thing. <laughs> Uh, imagine a bouncy ball that's my brother a bouncy ball in a closed room um so when they help like when they help her take the groceries out it's like super appreciated but she always like tips them with like candy and stuff so i I guess to each their own you're talking to the girl that uses the starbucks mobile app because i can't order a drink without panicking (laughs) so well i know we've talked about it on the podcast before when people say enjoy your movie and i say Thanks, you too. Anytime. It's just like a hell that I have to live with. I do it to the passport people. I have a good flight. You too. Fuck. Uh, Sorry (laughs) you're not flying anywhere. I hope you get to fly somewhere if you want to. I don't know. Uh. The last time I flew, literally the lady was like, uh, maybe one day that'll be true. One of these days I'm going to be flying too. And I'm like, hopefully not the same day you're working. Why wouldn't she fly? The person at the security gate? They live there. Not sure, I guess. I mean, they do fly. I guess. Maybe. Maybe she meant metaphorically. Oh. (laughs) She's like, I'm never gonna leave this place. (laughs) I'll stay here forever, but in my dreams, I'll fly. No, I was just saying, like, I I hope she doesn't, like, work a shift before she goes on vacation. That's stressful. I like to have, like, time to prepare and pack my shit. Yeah, if there's something I've learned through the years of, like, doing this fun thing where, like, I leave for a con, like, literally, like, from work. Like, I think when I went to AWA, I left from from work down to Atlanta, did the con, and went back to work, like, the next morning after the con, and it was the worst. I regretted every every single time I go out of town and I don't give myself, like, a day to recuperate. It's... Or prepare. Either or is the worst. But life happens. I can't imagine, like, Maisie, you flew home Christmas Day. Like, yeah. normally when I get home, I'm like, I'm not cooking. I'm not grocery shopping. There's no fucking food in this house. But I bet you had such a hard time finding food. We, I don't, I think John was the one that was like, I'm going to go ahead and buy a couple of boxes of pasta and pasta sauce uh, before we left because we knew we wouldn't, like, nothing would be open for us to get food when we got home. Mm -hmm. So we had one emergency meal, but we really left, like, kind of in a rush and there was a lot of shit everywhere. And I was like, oh, my God. It was, it was a lot. We came home and I was like, push everything off the bed and I was like, good night. Yeah. We're done here, but. But fucking smart on John's part. Right now, right? It's always pasta, though. He's always like, apocalypse, pasta. Cool. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Tomatoes are technically a superfood. That's true, but if you don't die of carbs. <laughs> yeah. One time, not I had to carb load for a race. It was garbage. I hated it. I was like, I'm going to eat two boxes of pasta. I'm so excited. Halfway through that thing, I was like, I'd rather die. <laughs> uh... 
I always think of that episode of The Office when Michael Scott is like, got a carb load. So he just eats like a fucking huge ass portion of chicken Alfredo. Yeah. And he gets like a fourth of the way to the race. It's just like sweaty and yeah. sick and well, stomach bubbly. To... I've learned well, the science is like, you're supposed to start like 24 hours ahead of time and like spread them out and stuff. So definitely that don't eat. Makes so much more sense than one whole sitting. Mm hmm. But, like, I was eating, like, bagels with grape jelly because they have a heart, higher carb count than, like, toast with butter. Like, yogurt with everything because it has a high carb count. It's insane. Dang. Hate it. Never again. <laughs> I have a really dumb work story. I don't even think it, I thought it was funny, but I couldn't laugh at it at the time, so I'm just trying to laugh at it now. Yes. So I have this big like company dinner this Saturday night. Not looking forward to it. If any of my coworkers listen to my podcast, stop. One. Um <laughs> and two murder blows. I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and uh <laughs> one of the guys came in, he was like, Did boss let you know that uh we're gonna have to order like a little later because one of the employees can't come out till after the sun sets and I was like Okay. <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> like, this guy makes it to work, correct? I was like, is he like a weekend vampire? And then he's like, nah, he's a. <laughs> Sorry. It's not as funny. He's like, nah, he's a Seventh day Avengers. Oh, he Avengers. said Avengers? Avengers instead of Adventus. And I was Love like, Love it. A what? A Seventh day Avengers. <laughs> straight face. And I was like, he said, I, I know, funny, I don't get it. And I felt bad, because I'm not laughing at the fact that this guy is a Seventh-day Adventist, which eh. kind of, I guess I am. But I'm just always in awe at how redneck everyone is that I work with. I just like to think of this guy like, he's <laughs> he's only an adventure at night. <laughs> I'm but four, but never only has a day off. Down. But only on the Sabbath. <laughs> never has a day off though because it's all seven days yeah <laughs> i love it so related to food i have decided to uh adventure make my team more adventurous so when i started this position it was just me and my boss in nashville and so like lunches were they weren't weird it was just like why bother because we have to do all of our work together so it's not like team building or anything like that mm. But now there's going to be five of us. So I have decided that I made a list of 50 restaurants. I randomly assorted them. It's a spreadsheet in case anyone's wondering. Um, and I would then... be disappointed if it wasn't. <laughs> and then I assigned like a week to each one, right? So we're going to go to one restaurant a week as a team. Very exciting. And I put like all kinds of crazy shit. I was like, we need a Vietnamese restaurant. We need a Cambodian restaurant. We need a Cuban restaurant. Like... I just went for it. All those places that you're, like, kind of afraid to go to by yourself, I put them on the list. So, by random selection, our first restaurant was this Vietnamese place where the apparently they break their bake their bread in-house, and they make, like, the best banh mis. And I was like, okay, great, excellent, we go. It was the weirdest experience in my life. So, <laughs> apparently this restaurant is not for white people, just fair. Um, cause everything else is, I can deal with this. And so I, I walk in and there's a board with nine different sandwiches on it. And I was like, which sandwich is your favorite? He goes, what number? And I'm like, no, what's your favorite? <laughs> Help. <laughs> He's like, number four. I was like, I'll have that one and a tea, please. <laughs> and so we get our sandwiches. Best fucking sandwich I've had in a long time. The bread was like crumbly crispy on the outside like asmr level delicious but the inside was like cotton candy but bread so it was just like it was delicious so good um but the owner of the restaurant would just like get up and only make the pho and not the sandwiches so that was cool like someone would order a sandwich the one guy would go back someone would order pho the other guy would go back so you know whatever weird and when the owner wasn't making the pho, he was watching YouTube videos of roosters walking through, like, fields. Or this woman catching frogs. That's that's what was happening on the TV mounted to the wall. 
Um, I learned my coworker can't use chopsticks, so that was awkward as he ordered the pho, <laughs> so he couldn't eat his food. And then, uh, yeah, it was food delicious, atmosphere zero, but that was our first, like, hey team, I'm going to make you adventure lunch. That's why I don't go to those places. Tony's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no. now I know. I'd love to watch roosters while I eat my food. <laughs> <laughs> like, the first thing my boss says is like, are they watching cockfighting? And I'm like, oh my Dear god, god, no. No, just roosters walking around. Literally in a field. Not everything's out of ten, Steve. <laughs> that actually, yes. That um. describes my boss very well. <laughs> cockfighting? Well, the people that found my dog were like, we would have let her in the house, but we have house chickens, too. And I was like, goals! <laughs> house chickens! I can... I just... I, hmm, it's where I, I put this. I almost spit out all of this water. <laughs> I had to add her as a friend on Facebook because my dog keeps going in that direction. Like, she wants to go see the chickens. Aww. And I was like, I might have to get some chickens of my own. And the lady's like, we'll give you some of our outside chickens. You can have outside chickens, not our house chickens. Not the house chickens. Yes. Um, is she, like, chasing the chickens? No, she's just super curious about them. Aww. But they, I mean, she's huge. So if she were to get on one, like, decide to attack one, there'd be no, <laughs> no getting her off of the chicken. <laughs> That's okay, they're chickens. Yeah. That's fucking cute. P.S. Podcast, I'm not the only one that lost a dog. Yeah, no, no. But everyone's safe, and that's what's you important. Know, 2019, the end of it sucked, like, really bad. It yeah. was, like, a blur of working and dumb shit happening to fuck up my plans, and then... 2020 happened and it was like two days of this is gonna be great and then all hell broke loose <laughs> podcast hug right right we have good news for you what which one of you wants to tell the greatness that eric did uh-oh. Cody. What? Yes. Okay, so Maisie comes on down to Nashville. We all yeah. scramble to, to get together. I wish um, I could have came. They invited no. me. I wish we could have come to... It's Nashville. okay. There was yeah. too much shit going on. It was wild. Um, So we were, we were uh, all riding in one car, and uh, Sasha was like... Or I can't remember who brought up the topic of how we've gone a year without or two years <laughs> has it been two years two years without a logo or like what we call our our listeners and eric goes why don't you just call them blowhards oh it's the best <laughs> i love it he just i was like we've been together for forever where have you well, been and as soon as he said that it all of us in the car were like what? <laughs> <laughs> the only one who was like, oh man, was John, who I think liked blowies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But guess who doesn't listen? So guess who doesn't get a say? That's so right. What his wife's podcast is called. Same, same, same. My husband's like, oh, you're still doing that? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's like that vine of the little girl when they're like, do you pee your pants? She goes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know that one, but that's me. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> Actually, okay. On this note, this is not podcast related, I suppose. I guess it is. I got locked out of my Messenger account. Oh. And it wouldn't let me make a new one. So if you've sent me questions, I'm not ignoring you like I am everything else this week. Um, <laughs> I literally just can't get back into it right now. I'm figuring it out. Maybe it's like you haven't had Facebook in so long, you don't need this. I know. It's like, it's like, uh, well, I just don't know, remember the password, but I've tried literally every password I've had within the last 20 years, and I assure you, I'm sure Sasha is going to be very disappointed in me, but it's not that many. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's, it's pretty wide. much the same uh span wide no, span wide yeah it's yeah so very upset with my password situation well. same very same very Sorry. same i hear nothing how do you remember all of them i have a password manager yeah don't you write them down cody you have a password <laughs> manager that i have, have to have write a password for no i have to write mine down because we have like so many passwords for businesses and shit that if I die, my husband will not know how to pay the taxes. I mean, that's how I am a John, though. <laughs> Speaking of taxes, I know what I'm going to drop all my tax money on. Oh. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, oh, oh, oh. That's right. I'm almost out of lip scrub. <laughs> I don't need tax money to do it, but if I want to buy 50 at once and still be able to pay my bills, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the beautiful lip scrub that I, uh, Violet's favorite snack, not associated with uh, our sister podcast, maybe not sister podcast, just a friend, I guess, the snack pack. Uh, <laughs> just a friend. <laughs> just a friend of the podcast just, um, just look at all these plugs knocking out those plugs left and right um <laughs> but anyways uh arcadian grooming and blank slate labs make great products we've been preaching them to you for almost two whole years uh and you better believe i'm not stopping anytime soon if they keep releasing the dope shit they do um you can also get 15% off with code murder blows if you want to blow all your tax money or if you're like me and who've never had a tax return so you're really scared about what you're going to do with that amount of money spend it on uh, grooming products for your face your hair, your skin, your lips your feet that's right, I use the sweet and salty scrub on my feet I use scruffy hands on my feet scruffy I do hands too. and feet Heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. I also use the grapeseed balm in my hair because, uh, as some of you may or may not know, I suffered a horrible perm and can't leave my hair alone uh, for a longer than 30 perm days. Incident of 19, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> the perm of not 2019. Uh, but thankfully, with uh, I think is that one through Arcadian. What the grapeseed balm Arcadian, is yeah. Arcadian. Yeah. Um, they're locally made in Tennessee, but you just know since they're from the Smoky Mountains that everything that comes out of there is good except for maybe, I don't know. I like the Smoky Mountains. Just don't like tourists. They come from other places. Anyways, <laughs> someone plug their social media because I am social media ignorant and can't even remember my own usernames. Seriously, ask me my Twitter. Can't tell you. Don't know her. Don't know her. <laughs> Uh, you can find Arcadian on Instagram at Arcadian Official, and then um, Blank Slate Labs is just at Blank Slate Labs. Nailed it. Check them out. Tell them when he sent you. Get that bomb. Ooh. The bomb is so good. This might be TMI. I'm plugging to cut it. Jeremiah put some on his face, and he was like, I'm so hydrated now. So I like like rubbed my finger down where he put it on and I put it on my face. Equally hydrating. Insane. Equally hydrating. How is that TMI? <laughs> I don't know. I just huh. like it was like really weird the way I like just smeared my hand down his face. Hey. You gotta do what you gotta do. No no product goes to waste. No. Though it would have absorbed into his skin it would have been fine, but But you wanted some. I did. And I got some. That's how I need to have to buy my own fucking balm. It's fair. It's fine. I know. I need more scruffy hands. I'll get it. It's good. It's tight. It's fine. It's tight. It's tight. What else is tight? Is Cody is Cody going first today? Sure. I better. Just in case. See? Just what? in case felt the way you said that felt very ominous. Just in case. <laughs> wee wee wee. <clears throat> well, I, I don't want to make the other person that's here stay late because I feel bad because it's January and cold. everything's dead. Mm, yes. And dark, if I remember correctly, because all and, those lights are fucking taken down. Uh, I think so. I don't know. I, I, I don't even see Christmas lights anymore because... <laughs> 
they're just here and I just I don't even notice them anymore just yeah, we don't go over the moon every day in Sevier County the only thing that's great about this time of year is the Johnson family restaurants that which is the Alamo and Venice Pit Barbecue and Big Daddy's and Mama's Farmhouse have like buy one get one free from January 6th to February 28th which it should be 29th because there's a leap year this year but I got like two pizzas for $16 at Big Daddy's Pizza holy shit and I ate so much of it Alamo buy one get one free lunch it's like 10 bucks anyway if you in Sevier County you get yourself some snack there's no traffic it's wonderful um speaking of Sevier County so I'm gonna, th- I know, right? I'm gonna throw this out here just because I wanted to share this with you guys. Sometimes I forget to send you stuff because I am always working. So I like check my messenger and then I forget to reply later. Um, but recently, um, a girl named Emily Amburn was found on a couch along Cedar Spring road a couple days before christmas eve i guess on the yeah listen (laughs) this is crazy shit on the 22nd of december a man was driving down the road and he saw like where someone had thrown a couch out on the side of the road and there was a girl laying on the couch so he backed up and he beeped his horn to wake her up and she didn't wake up so he called authorities and she was dead yeah does anyone like know this girl personally like in no. between the four of us she's younger um parents wait was this this year sorry yeah this was this year like, like a week ago yeah her mom was sharing it on severeville speaks out on facebook because they weren't reporting it of course and even the article that they finally did uh do on w-a-t-e that was literally all that was said and it just said that the police and medical examiners are investigating that's it um so that'll be another one that nothing ever comes of it because nobody again emily amburn amburn a-m-b-u-r-n what the fuck yeah and i thought about doing my case on like things that happen around here that nobody ever finds out the answer to but i just wanted to share that with you guys because it was just really freaking weird and then somebody like looked up the some websites have the top 10 most dangerous cities in tennessee oh lord they have like number four is newport which is really close to here in case you don't know that and Number six is Pigeon Forge, which is really creepy. But then some of them just list like the really big cities. So who knows what's true and what's not. I mean, the only thing you can really die from in Pigeon Forge is too much taffy, but. <laughs> I guess it's just like thefts in general. Like if you live in Pigeon Forge, you have like out of one in 11 people get robbed. Fascinating. Which is really crazy. So I, as usual, usually at the be- when, for the first year of this podcast, year and a half, like cases would just throw themselves at me and I would just find one and, and know what I was going to do. But recently, I don't know if it's because I haven't been listening to a lot of true crime. I mean, I have. I've been listening to um, Bad Batch. Oh, yes. I love that story. Oh, Holy shnikes. So I don't love you know, I don't love it, but you you love it. Yeah, I love her reporting. It's by the same person who did the Doctor Death podcast. I know uh Sword and Scale gets a lot of shit because of that one guy, but I truly like anything Wondery Wook puts out. Me too. And I used they to did love- Doctor Death too. Yeah, I used to love Sword and Scale, but sometimes it's too much for me. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's a little much. And I just Usually that doesn't happen, but oh, they've got some gruesome stuff in, in Sword and Scale. Um, yeah. But anything Wondery puts out, I absolutely love. I second that. Um, really good. And then what else have I listened to? 
let's see. Michael Moore has a new podcast. I've been listening to it. Um, it's really good. Accused has a new podcast out. You guys remember the Unsolved Mysteries episode on... This guy was working at, like, um, a facility where they produced uranium. And he disappeared at work. And when they looked into one of the tanks, which is essentially like a big lava tank, they found his remnants of, like, his keys and his walkie-talkie and his belt buckle. Oh, no. But they oh. never found him. Oh. Well, there was an Unsolved Mysteries episode on it and accused... Um, did a podcast on that and it's really good um i fucking hate that <laughs> yeah no shit and they they're saying he committed suicide but it's like oh of all the ways to it by jumping into it head first but <laughs> who would do that um yeah so anyways i was watching unsolved mysteries the other night as i do as i do and I like doing missing persons um, cases because there, there's always, like, an underlying conspiracy of, like, how does a person just vanish and nobody ever sees them again? And also, I feel like it's good to advocate for people who have been missing for a long time mm -hmm. and help out their families because you never know. So, this case I'm doing is about Leah Roberts. She was born in 1976. She was the youngest of three children in a family living in the suburbs of Durham, North Carolina. When she was 17, her father was diagnosed with a chronic lung illness. And it put a great deal of strain on the family as Leah began her studies at the University of North Carolina State. Uh, when she was 20 years old in a sophomore college, her mother died suddenly from heart disease. In the fall of 1998, she returned to school after taking some time off, but was involved in a serious car accident that resulted in a punctured lung and a shattered femur. Surgeons inserted a metal rod next to her femur to help it heal. Okay. So you've got her dad has a lung illness, her mom has died, and she has a uh, metal rod in her leg now. The femur is the hardest bone in the human body. That's it is. They compare it to the strength of, like, concrete. Jeez. I did not know that. That's... Ugh. I've also read that breaking your femur is worse pain than childbirth. Ugh. I don't doubt it. The natural contestant worst pain in the world, but... <laughs> oh, that is crazy. I did not know that either. How did you say she broke it? Um, She was in a serious car accident. Okay, that's fair. She That's said funny. that when she saw the truck um, that she hit pull out in front of her, she was certain she would die, and she felt born again after her recovery. Oh, she bones, man. I know. Yeah. She took some time off from college and decided she wanted to live her life to the fullest. In the spring of 1999, three weeks before she was scheduled to leave for Costa Rica for a field program, Leah's father died. And, oh. yeah, she decided to continue with the program since she was leaving the country and no longer had living parents, Leah granted Kara, which is her sister, the power of attorney over her bank accounts, where mm -hmm. Leah had money that she inherited from her parents. With her degree in Spanish and anthropology almost complete, Leah dropped out of college. Kara and her brother Heath tried to persuade her to stick it out for six more months, but she refused. Instead, she learned to play the guitar, took up photography as a hobby, and adopted a kitten she named Bay. Leah began hanging out in local coffee houses, writing poetry about the meaning of life throughout her journals, and making new friends in the process. At first, I was like, oh no, girl, stay in school, it's good for you. But then I was like, this is the dream I used to have. <laughs> right? One Turns of out I can't friends. play guitar. Yeah, me either. I, I keep trying. Every couple years, I'm like, ooh. I bet I can do this. Here. And then I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, one of her friends, Gianni, Janini, Janini, I think it's Janini, Quiller, and her roommate, Nicole, they had discussed with Leah about going on a road trip to the West. 
So on the morning of March 9th, 2000, Leah talked on the phone with her sister, Kara, about possible future plans. They made no commitments, but Kara recalls the conversation ending with the understanding that the two would be seeing each other sometime in the near future. Later in the early afternoon, Leah and Nicole agreed to do some babysitting together the next day. The roommate went out to her job and returned later, at which she noticed that Leah's 1993 white Jeep Cherokee was not there, nor Leah herself. She thought nothing of it as Leah had been coming and going for unpredictable intervals since she had dropped out of school and living off her inheritance for the time being, and she didn't have a job to report to. However, Leah was not at the babysitting appointment the next day and had not returned home by its end. By the following day, March 11th, not only was Leah still absent, but friends and family who had expected to see her had been calling the house trying to find her. On March, Monday, March 13th, Kara reported her missing to the Durham police. And in 2000, people, some people had cell phones, but some people didn't. So I can see that being maybe if she had a cell phone, she would have been easier to get a hold of. Um, but apparently she didn't. On March 14th, Kara, along with Leah's roommate, Nicole, searched Leah's room. A significant amount of Leah's clothes were missing, suggesting a planned lengthy absence. So she seemed to have taken Bay with her, which was her kitten, and she had left a note. It said, I'm not suicidal, I'm the opposite. She reassured her sister and friends. Along with the note, she had bundled up some cash, approximately a month's worth of her share of rent and expenses, and suggested she would be turning, returning eventually. The note was illustrated with the drawing of the Cheshire cat's grin. Since Kara still had power of attorney over Leah's bank accounts, she was able to look at her sister's financial records. She discovered that Leah had withdrawn several thousand dollars on the afternoon of March 9th and then used her debit card to pay for a motel room near Memphis, Tennessee. Later transactions were purchased for gas or food. Their locations suggesting Leah was traveling west along Interstate 40 and then north on Interstate 5 when she reached I-40's western end in California. After a gas, which is crazy, she had a 1993 Jeep Cherokee and she was just like, I'm going to drive this motherfucker to California. And like, a cat in the car. And a cat. <laughs> I took my cat on a boat once. Long story. Um, yeah, I'll like that that's fodder for next episode. <laughs> for real. Um, after a gas purchase shortly after midnight on the morning of March 13th in Oregon, all activity on Leah's accounts ended. To understand why her sister was heading to the Pacific Northwest, Kara and Susie Smith, who was Leah's best friend, went to the coffee shops in Durham that Leah had been frequenting. There they found Gianni, Gianni, I cannot say this poor girl's name. It's G-E-A-N-N-I-N-E. I think it's Janine. Janine? I think it's Janine, too. Is it just Janine? Okay. Gianine? I don't know. Janine? Jan or Janine? Sorry Jan for butchering Janine. Um, so I guess Leah had discussed um, this 1958 novel called The Dharma Bums, and it's a sequel to the better known On the Road. I know of either books, but apparently this author travels to uh, Destillation Peak in the northern Cascade Mountains of Washington. And Leah was really interested in this book and really wanted to go to that area. Kara was relieved to have discovered her sister's probable objective. Leah's account showed no new activity, but Kara had no reason to believe that something unfortunate had occurred. So Kara expected that Leah would call her on March 18th to wish her a happy 26th birthday. Instead, on that day, she received a note from the Durham County Sheriff's Office telling her to call one of their counterparts in the sheriff's office in Bellingham, Washington. She learned that earlier that day, Leah's Jeep had been discovered in a remote forest, but Leah herself was not present. Early that morning in Washington, a couple jogging along Canyon Creek Road, a short distance south of the Canada-U.S. border, had noticed articles of clothing at the side of a road next to a slight curve at the top of a slope. Some had been tied to trees and branches at the roadside. In the woods below, at the bottom of a steep embankment, was Leah's Jeep, severely damaged. 
From the path that the car had taken through the trees and the extent to which the car and the trees had been damaged, investigators from the Washington State Patrol determined that the Jeep had been traveling at nearly 40 miles an hour when it went off-road and down the slope. The contents of the vehicle were tossed around inside, consistent with a multiple rollover, yet there was no blood or other signs of energy, injury to an occupant, such as shatter marks on the glass or stretching of the seatbelt that would have probably occurred if there had been a driver and or passenger in it. It seemed possible that no one had been inside the Jeep when it crashed, suggesting that the accident might have been staged or planned. So that's the part that they talked about on Unsolved Mysteries. Um, that like this Jeep was wrecked, but there was no blood in it. And it looked like if it had been wrecked with a person in it, that the person would have been really badly injured and probably bleeding. And there was just no sign of a person or blood or anybody that had been in an accident. Um, however, blankets and pillows were hung inside the windows, suggesting that it had been used as a shelter after being wrecked. Leah's passport, checkbook, driver's license, clothes, guitar, CDs, and other belongings were found scattered in the surrounding woods. Bits of cat food and a small cat carrier were found in the vehicle, confirming that Leah had taken Bay on the trip with her, although the cat has never been found. Valuables such as $2,500 in cash in a pants pocket and jewelry were also left behind, suggesting that robbery had not been the reason for the accident. I mean, it could be kind of hard to rob a person driving down the road unless you picked up a hitchhiker and they robbed you while you were driving down the road. But who would do that, right? Um, Kara and Heath flew to Bellingham to assist the investigators. They visited the crash site and with the assistance of the sheriff's office created a flyer that they posted around town. They went into businesses that Leah may have visited. Among Leah's belongings, they found a box of mementos from the trip that provided a clue. It was a ticket stub for March 13th afternoon showing of American Beauty at the theater in Bellingham shopping mall. This suggested that Leah might have spent a few hours in the city after having arrived at the beginning of the day following the five to six hour drive from where she had bought gas in Oregon. Near the theater was the mall's only sit down restaurant where Heath and Kara believed that Leah might have gone for a meal. Police were led to two customers, both men who not only recalled Leah, but had sat on each side of her at the restaurant's counter that day talking about her plans. One of the men claimed that she had left with a third man whom she called Barry and provided a description for a police sketch of the man. However, neither of the other men or any other customer who had been in the restaurant at the time could collaborate the third man's existence. Investigators continued to examine the Jeep joined by the FBI who had become involved because Leah had crossed state lines. Two aspects of the evidence that they developed suggested to them that Leah had been the victim of a crime. First, the amount of money they found in her pants suggested that she had spent very little in Bellingham, less than could be expected if she had been in the city for several days. Second, under a floor mat, they found Leah's mother's engagement ring, which Leah wore constantly. Her friends in North Carolina said that she treasured it for the connection it offered to her late mother and that she would never have taken it off voluntarily unless she had completely forgotten who she was. Heath and Kara returned to North Carolina after four days, working on the theory that Leah might have been injured in an accident and wandered off, police spent two weeks in April searching with the help from dogs and helicopters, the area that Leah may have possibly covered if she had left the scene of the crash. They found no trace of her. Security camera footage from the gas station at which Leah had stopped in Oregon showed her alone and apparently in good condition, although several times she peered out into the parking lot an area which was not covered by cameras while waiting for her transaction to be completed this could suggest a traveling companion perhaps the berry guy with whom her dining companion had claimed she had left with but had a man indeed been with her investigators believe that he did not travel in her car and here's the developments um, after a few days after the Jeep was discovered, a man called the sheriff's office to report a sighting of Leah. He claimed that his wife had seen Leah. She was disoriented and confused, wandering around at a gas station in Everett, closer to Seattle. After disclosing this information, he seemed to panic and hung up before identifying himself. Police nevertheless considered this tip to be credible, 
It might have been the last sighting of Leah. In 2001, the Lifetime television series Unsolved Mysteries ran a segment on the case that gathered that generated some new tips for investigators and reports that Leah had been cited elsewhere in the U.S., but nothing that proved credible. Back in North Carolina, Kara contacted Monica Cowson, a Wilmingham woman who had helped other families find missing loved ones after cases had gone officially cold. Cason, yeah, it's her name's Cason. My printer is just terrible, apparently. Um, the reporter's name was Cason, and with the help of a network of volunteers called Community United Effort, um, they specialize in keeping cases alive for the media, with official efforts um, have all been exhausted. In 2005, on the fourth anniversary of Leah dis Leah's disappearance, Cason organized a caravan across the country following Leah's route west to Bellingham to raise awareness about Leah's unsolved case and those other missing persons. This has since become an annual event. She and Kara appeared on CNN's Larry King Live in 2005. I really don't know how I would have made it through the past five years without her, Kara told the host. We're just trying to, you know, keep Leah's face out there as much as possible. After the initial investigation concluded, Kara and the county sheriff's office, um, Kara wanted the county sheriff's office to keep Leah's car in case more clues turned up years later. And this decision paid off because in 2006, one of the detectives noticed that the car and its contents had not been fully processed for evidence when it was originally brought in. Surprise, surprise. Um, so the two decided to finish the job. So no one had ever looked under the hood of the Jeep during the initial investigation. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, but the detective's private open and found uh, that a wire to the starter relay had been cut. This would have allowed the car to accelerate without anyone having depressed the gas pedal, confirming early suspicions that no one had been in the car when it left the road and thus had been purposely wrecked. That was my question. How do you get a car to go 40 miles an hour with no bodies in it? Exactly, exactly. And at that time, like when the Unsolved Mysteries aired, they didn't have that clue because the first people didn't open the freaking hood under the car which is really obvious like i'm not even a detective but hey why don't we check under the hood to see if anything was messed with duh um the detectives found a fingerprint under the hood and some male dna on an article of leah's clothing <laughs> this led them back to the man who had claimed leah left the bella's fair restaurant with the third man she called barry whom only that second man had reported seeing the man had worked as a mechanic and had a military background further raising the detective suspicions he had also moved to canada in the interim complicating and lengthening the effort to get fingerprints and dna from him by the time that investigation discovery aired an episode on the case in 2011 the fingerprint had turned out not to be a match but detectives were still waiting on the dna sample Investigators continue to hope that the additional evidence that they collected will lead to a resolution of the case, although repeated searches of the area with dogs trained to sniff for corpses and with metal detectors that could find the metal rod in Leah's leg have failed to discover anything new. Although the case has been featured on television shows, Unsolved Mysteries and Disappeared, few leads, leads have emerged. So that's my case, and it sucks that there's no ending. Um, I'll send you all pictures of her. Um... And I got all that from Wikipedia and Unsolved Mysteries. Um, but, I mean, I personally, especially, it's even though 2000 wasn't that long ago, it was still 20 years ago. And I wouldn't have gone, I don't know. I mean, I moved to Tennessee alone with my best friend in 2002. But I don't think I would have hopped in a car and went on a road trip alone. I would have. <laughs> When I turned 18, I moved to Colorado to go to college. I drove like 23 and a half hours by myself. Did you really? Uh -huh. See, I drove from Chattanooga to Knoxville by myself. Nailed it. And I drove to Nashville by myself one time. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it now. I'm too much of a puss now. Yeah, I very quickly realized that like that life wasn't for me and I definitely needed the support of people I knew, but... I, I don't know if you don't have a mom or a dad maybe right it was just I mean I don't know when when you're that age I guess I guess you still have that mentality of like 
like you realize that something bad could happen but you're just like no this is more important than that and i gotta do this and i think maybe that's what she was thinking but i don't know part of me when i watched the unsolved mysteries i was like it looks like it looked like maybe somebody damaged her car when she wasn't looking like cut a wire or something not necessarily to like murder her just to mess with her and they got further than they thought that she got further than they thought she would and she wrecked and when she wrecked it like gave her amnesia of like not knowing who she was and she tried to like set up a shelter and then wandered away from it but you'd think that she would have been found unless somebody else came across her and did something to her or she just kept she wrecked by a road so even if you didn't know who you were or where you were you would just walk along the road until somebody came what are the odds that that somebody was like a serial killer it's just i don't know it's just, how does the whole person disappear i'd say pretty high nowadays but uh <laughs> <laughs> It's just crazy. I listen to like the Vanish podcast all the time and the amount of people who literally just drop off the face of the earth with or without their car. It's like, it's almost like conspiracy of there has to be something else out there taking people in their vehicles. I don't know. <laughs> don't get me so started because you know it's team alien on this end. Well, that's what I'm referring to because I mean what else would take a whole person and i mean even if you take a person in their car like you have to dispose of that car and that's going to take a while so you better hope that nobody else no notices that person's going missing and now with cell phones like, people are always trying to instantly get a hold of you so it would have been easier in 2000 but now it's like you're a half hour late and people are calling and texting you well, it is kind of odd, though, because even still, like, um, I see a lot of times on Twitter, people repost and they're like, you yeah, know, my sister has been missing for six days. We've tried contacting her boyfriend. We can't get a hold of him. We've contacted the police. Like, and to me, even that is wild. Like, people are so hooked to, like, uh, like location tracking on their phone, even when they don't know it, you know? Right. I usually turn my location tracking off. But, like, even sometimes, you know, I'll pull up Google to look up the hours of a place that I, like, go to once in a while. Or even uh, places I've been to one other time. And it'll be like, oh, you visited this place on this date at this time. Would you like to rate it? And I'm like, how the hell did you get that, you know? So right. the fact that people can even go missing for over 48 hours just blows my mind. Yeah, same. Same. I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for her brother and her sister because they lost both of their parents and their sister. But I've, I have known a lot of families like that. Like, oh my God, there was this one family I went when I was in elementary school, like these two brothers drowned. They were in like fourth and sixth grade and they drowned in a river together. And then like after that, like the lady's husband died. And then I think like something else happened and pretty soon she was like the only one left and out of her family of five. And then there was another lady I knew that like her husband died and then her daughter died and her house got flooded. Jeez. And now it's only like her and her daughter. And I'm just like, do you want to, like, I would literally not even leave my house at that point. I would just be like, what is this curse? happening to me but yeah that's my conspiracy how do people disappear somebody somebody tell me that's a whole ass body <laughs> but yeah it's weird that it happened and then it looked like it the car was used after it was wrecked right <laughs> I don't like that also where's the kitty cat yeah and where's the fucking cat like, hmm. I mean, it could have ran off, like, out into the woods, but my cats wouldn't. My cats would have just sat on the hood of the car until somebody oh. came by. 
<laughs> That's where my cats like to chill when they go outside at night on the hood of the car. Because it's warm. It's warm. Aww. So that's all. I'll send y'all pictures so that we can put it out there eventually. Yeah, I believe the like her disappearing thing, if it wasn't like that she had a good relationship with her sister and stopped communicating with her. I think that's yeah. bad. Same. Same. I think she trusted somebody in Washington that she or Oregon that she shouldn't have. And she probably was like, yeah, I'm on a trip alone. <laughs> Let's hope not. Oh, my God. Um, What is... Here's a fun one. What is your favorite lie to tell people when you they ask you questions that you shouldn't answer truthfully i'm on my way to find probation officer i just got out for murder love it <laughs> murdering a strange man at a gas station that asked me too many dumb fucking questions dumb fucking and then i show him the hilt of my hatchet no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and give him the crazy eye <laughs> you just go <sighs> just make small little movements <gasps> All right, I have full body Jareds. I love it. I think Maisie's might be My Name is Anne. Yeah. I don't know why I picked that. And because it's... I feel like my name, you just don't hear a lot. And so if somebody like looked up my name and where the area that I live, it'd probably be pretty easy to find me. Probably. So I feel like Anne's kind of... <sighs> plain. Sorry, yeah, I'm just finding out that other people did podcasts on this too. I didn't know that. Ooh. I didn't even look at other podcasts. Me. I just used good old wiki. I think my favorite lie is I was just working out over there. And then they'll like fill in the blanks. Like, so I got food at a food truck yesterday and they're like, oh, do you work next door? And I was like, no, I was just working out over there. And they're like, oh, at the cycle bar? And I was like, yeah. I don't cycle. I just ordered three meals for myself. <laughs> right? <sighs> That's great. I don't know. I, I mean, I told you guys a story about that guy in the hotel room. I told him where my husband worked was where I worked. Probably and so not the best lie. <laughs> well, I mean, not technically, but I mean, he can come in and Ask for me. Get manipulated. My husband can tell him off. Let's see. All right, I sent you all some pictures. Gracias. I think another uh, safe bet. I don't know. I've thought about this a lot ever since I was a like a kid. Is that you have some either like like very infectious disease. You mm. know, like uh, one time I got like attacked by this homeless woman in chicago not like attacked attacked she just like started like shoving me by the shoulders and then like started touching me and stuff you know like trying to get money and uh i remember just feeling like i have chlamydia and she was like oh man <laughs> i don't know why chlamydia did it but i think i'm more like <laughs> maybe go for something you know i've got ebola and then like some people you know really throws think... people off Lupus isn't <laughs> lupus isn't Contagious. transmitted via touch, right? It's that weird breathing particle that like everyone breathes, but only certain people are susceptible to. Yeah, is that right? It's never lupus. You should say syphilis. There's mm. never been anyone yeah. with syphilis that's like doing good, you know. I like the peace sign for that. <laughs> there probably is. I didn't mean to like, give me your money, and you're like, I have syphilis. Do you know what I always wonder about? If you have syphilis, you can go get it checked out. It'll be fine. It's fine. I always wonder if anybody listens to the episode that we did that we were talking about what hepatitis B. Oh, God. <laughs> and Violet was like, if you have that, you're a wimp. <laughs> and somebody got like really offended <laughs> well, I mean, quit listening people yeah. hate us for our laughs I'm not sure they're getting that far <laughs> podcast I can see it now murder blows shames hepatitis B contract oh contracted God. people 
no and it's not it's just me <laughs> it was just really funny when you you were like please don't tell me it's hepatitis b and it was proceeds <laughs> with your hepatitis you know just as karma though i'm definitely getting hepatitis b <laughs> i probably have it i'll never fucking know because i can't go to a hospital that fucking will tell me anything other than you have a urinary tract infection. Right. Oh, boy. I hate to break it to you, pumpkins. Not pumpkins. Let me try I that again. I could be a pumpkin. <laughs> it's Why not, did you... that happen? <laughs> Sasha's just like staring into the sky. Yeah. If I have hepatitis B, I assure you no one will ever fucking find out. It's so funny. <laughs> I'll bury the results in a fucking <laughs> cemetery where I plan to bury my body and all my cats. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Oh you can uh, hear more about our cat stuff on Murder Blows Twitter and Instagram. Murderblows at gmail.com. Ew. No. I just. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Adios, amigos. Bye, blue hearts. Yeah.